Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another instalment of the March and Silver MMA show. And if you heard that little intro right there, it was an old one. It was a throwback to the first ever intro that I had uh, here on the channel. So shout out to the people that know that. I am joined by once again my co-host Oscar Silva. An absolute pleasure as always. Oscar, how's it going over there in America? It is going much better. We are, like we've said it before, but now I think we will have the momentum of the weekly podcast episode. And this is the week to come back for because it's International Fight Week. The UFC will be hosting its weekly international event. UFC 290. Alexander Volkanovsky versus Yair Rodriguez for the featherweight titles, the main event. Brandon Moreno versus Alexander Pantoja in a rematch the co-main event. That's for the flight. It's full of fighters from the Oceania area. And there's a lot of big favorites on this card. And we're going to be breaking down the fights top to bottom. Uh, Lenny, how are you feeling about this card top to bottom? It's absolutely stacked. Um, we were talking about it before we got on air. I mean, the main card is absolutely brilliant. Uh, you know, it's stacked with pro- a prospect, Bo Nickel. Uh, because obviously, you know, Robert Whittaker, Dan Hooker fighting Jay Turner, which is probably my pick of fighting tonight. And once we get to it, we'll get to talk about all that beauty. Uh, and obviously, we've got Brandon Moreno versus Alexandra Prantosia, Volkanovski, Yair. I mean, the matchups that we have on this card is absolutely phenomenal. Uh, Volkanovski versus Yair is a ridiculous matchup. I look forward to how they match, uh, how they fight. Moreno Pantosia, obviously, the third time they fought, one on Ultimate Fighter, one in the UFC. And now, obviously, for the championship, 125 pounds. Whitzka, it's always exciting to see Whitzka. Everyone loves a bit of Robert Whitzka, the Reaper. I mean, who doesn't love a little bit of Robert Whitzka? Yeah, he's my favorite middleweight right now. And he's earned that by having spectacular performances against high-level competition. The only guy he's losing to is Israel Adesanya. Outside of that, he's putting on masterclass after masterclass. I think Robert Whitaker is in his prime, and he's looking to earn a trilogy with Israel Adesanya. And in front of him, he's got a guy on an undefeated run in the UFC in Trickus Duplessis. And the win of this fight very well could be uh, Adesanya's next test. Absolutely agree. And obviously on the prelims as well, we've got uh, Robbie uh, Robbie Lawler, uh, his retirement fight, which I think is criminally... um, Criminal, sorry, that he's on the prelims. For his retirement fight, he doesn't even get a main card slot. Um, questions about that one. I think he should have got more out from the UFC. Uh, but, you know, less to be desired. We'll get to that eventually. Uh, but before we get into the podcast, before we get into the, the preview, the breakdown, I want to say this podcast was sponsored by Pro Show Bets, one of the best betting communities in the game. Make sure you check them over there on Instagram. One of the most accurate, one of the most consistent, and obviously it talks about the community. One of the best communities to be around when betting. So, I appreciate the Pro Promotion Bet sponsorship, and we will be on the road, and we'll talk about what's coming up this weekend, and obviously the card, as fantastic as we just talked about itself. And then the main event, let's talk about it, uh, Oscar. Alexandra Volkanovski versus Zaire Rodriguez. Volkanovski, you know what you're getting from him. You're getting uh, consistency, accurate uh, striking, uh, wrestling, uh, Volkanovski can really do it all. He has the cardio. He has the wrestling. Um, he, he, he can strike with any strikers in the world. Uh, he outstruck 
Max Holloway for five rounds, beat him up, absolutely tear him to pillar to post. It was unbelievable. He can wrestle with some of the best in the world. We've seen that with Islam Makashev. He can wrestle. So this fight is really, I, I, I like it. But the problem that we have seen with Volkanovski in previous fights, we've seen him struggle a bit with Southpaw. And Yair Rodriguez is a fantastic Southpaw. His left high kick, phenomenal. His left body kick, phenomenal. His left straight down the pipe is absolutely sharp. Um, this is a, a, a big test, I feel, for Volkanovski. Probably not one of the biggest. Uh, I think the biggest would have been the, uh, the, the Max Holloway rematch. Um, but I think this is a really hard, tough fight for Volkanovski. Uh, a lot to kind of break down from Yair. He's a very tricky fighter. Um, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, Oscar, how you got this one? I think this fight is a lot closer than the line suggests. Alexander Volkanovsky is nearly a 4-1 to favorite, and I don't believe that fourth um, in some respects. I say that because I think the majority of this fight will be taking place on the feet, and on the feet... Yai Rodriguez can do what he does best, throw those unorthodox attacks, stay tall and long, but I'm telling you those kicks are going to give Volkanovski problems all night, but I know for a fact that he's got a game plan around them, but here's the thing with his game plan. How much of it includes grappling? Because this man has a significant grappling advantage. He has been training with Craig Jones, one of the best Nogi grapplers on the planet today for years now. He can survive the worst submission attempts possible uh, from from the best guys like Brian Ortega. Yeah, Rodriguez won his interim title by submitting Josh Emmett with a triangle choke. That triangle choke would not put away Volkanovski. And also, the reason he was able to get that uh, submission so easily is he broke Josh Emmett. Josh Emmett, after he took one way too many kicks from Yair just was ready to uh, go home and collect his check. Volkanovski is not made from that. He died. Um, but it is concerning to me that Volkanovski is now 34. He's not the younger man in this contest. And I think uh, Yair might have a little bit of a speed advantage here. And he's got a five-inch height advantage. I think uh, Yayu pre presents some problems that Islam Mahashev did not. But uh, talking about grapplers like Islam Mahashev, as I said, Volkanovski showed he's one of the best grapplers in the whole UFC in that Islam Mahashev fight. He can do a uh, si similar, he can do a similar style fight that Frankie did against Yayu. Sure, Yayu has improved the grappling, but in that uh, Max Holloway fight, Max Holloway is not known as a wrestler at all. He got some takedown. He got a takedown against uh, Yair. He was able to control him for a good amount of time. I really think he can win this fight decisively if he just goes out there and grapples. But we're going to be looking at a lot of striking here. Volkanovski says he wants to beat Yair at his own game. And that will allow opportunities for Yair to strike. But at the end of the day, Volkanovski, he's all about those meat and potatoes. He keeps it basic. He throws one-twos inside leg kicks, and he's not going to take unnecessary risks. And uh, I think Yair Rodriguez finds himself in uh, a spot later in this fight where he's going to have to take risks. That'll create even more openings for Volkanovski to counter him and uh, just put an absolute beating on him 
if it weren't for Yair Rodriguez's uh, reliable Mexican chain, I would probably pick Volkanovski to get a finish here, but I don't think that's the case. I think we're looking at a pretty uh, dominant 49-46, uh, a unanimous decision for Volkanovski. I think he's going to look spectacular. Absolutely agree. Uh, Volkanovski, got a top, as we talked about, a tough bite on his hands. Uh, but, I mean, he... he... Volkanovski nowadays has been it, it, it's been around the block. He's been in the UFC for a very long time. He's won some of the best in the world. You just mentioned it there. Uh, Max Holloway twice. Brian Ortega. Um, and, and, and I kind of agree uh, what, what you said. Uh, obviously, Yair Rodriguez submitting Josh Emmett in, uh, in, in his last fight with the triangle. What we've seen uh, from Volkanovski in the past is stubbornness. He doesn't want to tap. He doesn't. He doesn't want to get submitted. Uh, and also, as you talked about, he wants to beat people at his own game. The, the, the stubbornness is, is is ridiculous. I love it. I love that mentality. And that's exactly what he, he would do. We've seen it um, against uh, Max Holloway in the, in the second fight. He, he he had way too much. He was, he, it was too much volume, too much accuracy. The striking was on point. It was sharp. He was doing what he was meant to do. And obviously, in the Brian Ortega fight, getting out of that submission was ridiculous. Um, I still don't know how he does it. But as I've talked about, that stubbornness, that eagerness, and that mentality is what got him out of that. Um, and also having Craig Jones in the corners that might help as well. Absolutely, uh, I think Volkanovski in this fight is gonna take one step closer to being declared the undeniable greatest uh, featherweight of all time. Three wins over already. He just needs to keep on uh, continuing this run of title defenses, and I think he's gonna be truly undeniable, but. Yari Rodriguez does have the potential. As I said, he, if they're striking, who knows what can happen out there. But uh, but uh, it's all about how much does Volkanovski want to want to grapple, in my opinion. Yep, absolutely agree. Um, I, I, I also also think that Volkanovski is going to take this one. Um, you talked about you know how uh, Yari is going to make it tricky on the feet. Uh, completely agree. Um, he's very he's very sharp, especially in that first round. That's the most dangerous round for um, Volkanovski because we know how Yaya Rodriguez comes out. He comes out sharp. He comes out explosive, looking to take people's heads off. So uh, Volkanovski's got to be got to be eager-eyed in that first round to make sure he doesn't make any mistakes uh, because Yaya is quick and he will punish as soon as possible. So we both agree Volkanovski in the main event. Uh, you know, one that I, I'm leaning towards Volkanovski, um, not quite heavily, but I feel confident that he will get it done. But the co-main event, I, I we both agreed this is super, super close. Uh, Pantosha beat Moreno twice, one in the Ultimate Fire, one in the UFC. I mean, I, I don't I don't see how people can't see this as close. People, uh, uh, well, I think the odds as well are quite favoured uh, favor, favor towards um, Moreno. Um, I mean, you're heading into a fight against an opponent who's beat you twice. Any person would have that doubt in his mind whether he could beat this guy. Is this the man that I can't beat, etc. Um, but and Marino is some sort, some fighter. And what I, I was talking about with Oscar before we went on air. What we have seen from Marino in the past, his 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 comradeship of coming back from a loss. Uh, we saw it in the Figueiredo fight. The first fight, uh, obviously, I, I mean, I, I, I don't even know. I mean, there was four fights in the end, but losing. Uh, decision uh, in in the third fight and then beating him in the fourth fight, the way he beat him in that fourth fight, I mean he he, he 
beat him. Uh, yes, he got stopped by the by the doctor, but ultimately it was only going one way, and that was Moreno's way. Um, so we've seen him come back from losses in, in, in spectacular fashion, and no doubt he Moreno we want to get this one back and want to beat Pantosha and kind of stamp his claim that he is the better fighter. And then last two fights, they were some year ago. I think the last fight was 2016. So both fighters have evolved since then. Yeah, I think Alexandro Pantoja has a very good shot at winning this fight. In fact, I almost picked him. But here's a big thing to get. success. Putting these guys away by just marching forward, swinging big hooks, and if uh, and if he hurts them, he jumps on a submission and gets the job done. I don't think he can do that against a Brain Moreno because we've seen Brandon Moreno has a granite chin. He fought Davison Figueroa, who's got the most knockdowns in the history of this division, and he's taking all of his best punches um, in these four fights, and uh, he's come out on the other side, uh, getting two wins over uh, Davison. And uh, that one draw, of course, in the first fight. I think this Brandon Moreno is significantly better than the Brandon Moreno that lost a unanimous decision to Alexandre Pantoja in 2018, 2018, five years ago, that last fight. Just to give you guys a little perspective on how long ago that was, the main event was Kamaru Usman on his way up Fighting Damian Maya. That's how uh, different the landscape is in the UFC now. Brandon Moreno in the first fight was a very raw talent uh, back in 2016. That was an absolute dogfight. One of the best his, best fights I've seen in the Ultimate Fighter house. And Brandon Moreno won round one. But round two, uh, Pantoja was able to tire out Moreno, get his back, choke him out. In the second fight... It's uh, basically, I would say, a, a kickboxing claim by Pantoja, but uh, many of his best shots that he landed were uh, were big punches, big hooks. And whenever it went to the ground, it, it looked like he was definitely a step ahead of Moreno there. Um, I'm sure the jiu-jitsu's gotten better for Moreno, but I'm, I'm confident that if he hits the ground again, I think Pantoja is the better grappler still. And on the feet, he does have a power advantage. That's that's concerning to me. Uh, that would be concerning to me if I was uh, betting on Moreno here. But uh, I'm still picking Moreno. I think Moreno wins uh, a split position top fight. I think he will win the last two rounds for sure. Uh, Alexander Pratoja, as I said, he likes to finish fights. And by doing that, he has to fight at a higher pace. The Alexander Pratoja fight he had, that third round for him was straight up sloppy. Um, and in the Brandon Rovell fight, where he got the finish in round two, the guy was looking winded. I, I really think that uh, Brandon Moreno could fight at a pace that Pantoja can't for five rounds. And he's got that five-round experience. He's got the, the confidence of being champion, carrying the flag for Mexico. I think uh, Brandon Moreno should get this done by decision. But do not Sleep on Alexander Pantoja. As I said, he's submitted Brandon before. He can do it again. And, and he can also uh, out. It can happen in this fight, but uh, I, I'm going to have to go with the more reliable guy in Brandon Moreno for five rounds. 
Yeah, that 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 was also my pick. Um, I mean, I I do believe that Moreno is going to come back from this one. Uh, like we like, like I mentioned before, like that we have seen, um, he has done so in the past. Um, obviously losing to Davison Figueroa and coming back and uh, beating him again. Uh, but yeah, he talks about Pantosha. You know, as you talked about, he he, he in that first round he's so relentless. He, he, he kind of has no respect, sort of of who uh, what's coming back at him. I mean, if you look at his Alex uh, Alex Perez win in his last fight, completely disregarded what Alex Perez could bring to the table. And, well, ultimately, it didn't matter because he did submit him in one minute anyway. Um, But he he, he put on that performance that that, kind of obviously get him that uh, title win. And now here he is. Uh, But as I talked about, no respect, disregarded Perez, um, of his talent and just walked through him. Um, but that's the question. Moreno is a dog. Um, we've seen it in the past. Uh, you know, he really likes these sort of fights, these, these, you know, these fire fights. Um, look back at, um, what, I think it might have been the first Figueiredo fight or the second one. They had an absolute war. Um, and no doubt Moreno would like this. He will smile. Obviously, it will be a controlled war. Well, he wanted it to be a controlled war. Um, going his way, but Pantoja, um, outside of the second round, I just see Moreno taking over. I think that's his territory, and that's when we'll see him really shine. Yeah, I agree with you there. Uh, w- one thing to note too is that Brandon Moreno's footwork and his boxing has have simply leveled up so much since that 2018 fight, and I think that uh, that right there is the reason he'll be winning this fight because of his uh, boxing. I think Pantoja has kind of, uh, I think he's kind of peaked in Brandon Moreno. I think uh, he's just been looking better and better, honestly. And he's been bit, been up in these news uh, last year. And then he went to Fortis MMA with Safe Saud. He's learning new stuff from these coaches and getting excellent game plans. And uh, if, you, if you watch the breakdown of uh, Safe Saud uh, of this fight, he knows exactly how Brandon Moreno is going to win this fight. He's he's got it yeah. down to a science. I think I think there's a there's a I think it's the smarter pick to pick Brandon because he doesn't rely as much on the chaos and the randomness that uh, Pantoja relies on. Because Pantoja, I think the best opportunity he has to win this fight is in a in a wild scramble. But I think Brandon Moreno will probably be wise to stay away from uh, most of the grappling. In this fight, absolutely agree. Uh, we'll swiftly move on uh, to another fantastic showcase fight on the UFC 290 prelims, and that is between two fantastic and top middleweights in the division. Robert Whitaker, the Reaper, has been around for a very long time, fought the best in the world. I mean, the, the list goes on. I don't really want to stand here because I'll be here 20 minutes naming who, who is for. I mean, at this point, who hasn't Robert Whitaker fought? And that is Drikas Duplissi, a new challenge for him, a new face that he has to kind of uh, unpackage. And this is good for the division. Drikas obviously have that open, uh, obviously it's very open, the beef with Israel Asanya. So he's going to be motivated than ever to beat Whitaker to get that title shot. Um, Duplissi coming off a recent surgery to his nose. This will be his first fight with a fully a nose that works. Like everyone else, a normal nose. Um, 
in past fights, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, he didn't really have any air coming through the nose, if not any. So that's ridiculous. Um, we're going to see the pussy with a new nose. Um, but then again, how long would it take for him to get one straight into the nose and it cracks again or, or, or whatever? You, you never know. Robert Whittaker has a lethal jab. Will that just crack it again? And, and then, then, you know, the whole problem's resurfaced. We never know. Robert Whittaker, I mean, who hasn't he fought? He's beat some of the best in the world. Uh, title fights versus Yara Romero, Israel Asanya, yeah, bye, bye, bye. Everyone knows who the Reaper. But what we have here is a striking masterclass between either men. Uh, Duplessis, obviously, lost the strike. K1 background. Uh, Whittaker, he can really do it all. Um, I, I would say his preferred method in a fight would be striking, but he can really, really, really mix it up. Uh, I mean, this man is on the cusp uh, once upon a time. They're making it to the Australian Olympics team, wrestling team, sorry. He can really, really do it all. Um, the one thing I don't like about Drew Pissy is I, I feel like he gets hit way too much in his fights. Um, I mean, in his last fight against Darren Till, um, in the third round, that was a tough third round or second round, sorry, or one of them. Tough second or second third round. round. There you go, second round. And Darren Till really came on strong, was landing his shots, picking his shots. That can, that, but that also, uh, the, the, the gas tank or Drickers to Blissey, I'm not confident in it because I haven't really seen it being exposed as such. Yes, he did come back and win that third round, but he was absolutely blowing. But yet again, this is with the new nose. We don't know how he's going to come out. Uh, but Robert Whittaker, Pick him apart on the feet. Um, his jab is lethal. His kicks are insane. Um, I think this is a, a tailor-made fight for Whitaker to look really good on the feet. Uh, as I talked about, Jerk is to pussy. I just feel like he gets hit way too much. Robert Whitaker said it best. The only way that Jerk is to pussy wins this fight is if it's a brawl. And Robert Whitaker knows he has to avoid this brawl, so he's just going to keep it technical, and he's going to win this fight very decisively. I think Drix Duplessis is simply not on Robert Whitaker's level, and the only reason he's earned the ranking that he has is because he's the benefactor, benefactor of a of good matchmaking for him. You look at the fights he's had in the UFC. Marcus Perez, the guy went on to become uh, a pillow fighter. That's right, a pillow fighter. Then Trevin Giles, who's now a welterweight, a bad record there as well. Brett Tavares. Brett Tavares was tooling him up in round one. But uh, Tavares did tire in uh, rounds two and three. Went to Duplessis there. But uh, the Darren Till fight, Darren Till has been plagued with injuries. And of course, he was injured coming into this one. So much so that uh, that uh, he left the UFC to heal up. And then he fights Derek Brunson. Derek Brunson. Uh, was coming off a nasty knockout loss, and his corner threw in the towel. Derek Brunson also said that he was two fights away from retirement, so he really had one foot out the door, uh, as did Darren Till. So I really think he's not fighting the best competition uh, out there, or at least the competition in uh, prime form. He's fighting competition in prime form in Robert Whitaker. Since 2014, Robert Whitaker has only lost to the one of the greatest middleweights we've ever seen. Uh, Robert Whitaker is the most well-rounded guy in this division. He's got dynamite in his hands and his feet, and he's got phenomenal grappling. 
the grappling he showed in the Adesanya rematch uh, is was really good. Nobody else has done that against Adesanya besides Blahovich. He got a lot of takedowns. He took Adesanya's back. I think super see he's going to be a master class from Robert Whitaker. But for me, uh, it's all about when does he get this finish? Because Trigger's Duplessis knows. But I don't think anyway. His pace. And the one-two head kick combo that he loves so much. I think I, uh, the, the foot is going to catch uh, Drukas behind the ear in round two. He's going to put a, away with the ground and pound. Drukas has actually been knocked out before, back when he was a welterweight. I think uh, Robert Whitaker will show uh, Drukas that there's levels to this. And uh, I think he's going to stop his momentum from uh, from getting into that he wants to be in a top hello yeah can you hear me yeah yeah you were just breaking up a little bit at the end but i yeah. caught most of it uh yeah completely agree um you know this is uh i i i do believe this is Whitaker to to, to get the job done he's striking is second to none um, and I talked about I, I just think Drukos gets hit way too much. Um, I mean, we, we, we've seen it in the past. Uh, but yeah, you know, this MMA game is crazy. It's fun. That's why we love it. Um, next one is Dan Hooker versus Jalen Turner. I, I, as I talked about earlier, this is my pick for fight the night. I mean, two lanky lightweights um, showcasing on the UFC 290 stage. I mean, this brings a smile to my face because I love the matchup. Dan Hooker, Tall, uh, lengthy, unorthodox striker. Jalen Turner, tall, lengthy, um, rangy striker. It, I mean, they, they are looking into the mirror sort of thing. Um, it's crazy to think how big these are uh, for lightweight. Uh, I'm, I'm not too sure of the inches, but it's. I mean, it's crazy. Uh, six foot three versus six foot for lightweight. That is kind of crazy. Uh, obviously, six foot three is ridiculous, uh, more ridiculous. Uh, but this is my pick for the fight tonight. Jane Turner is always in some fun fights. Dan Hooker is always in some entertaining fights. I mean, I, I, I'm leaning towards Dan Hooker because of the experience. Um, you know, he's been around. Um, you know, he's fought Paul, Paul Felder he, he, in an absolute wild fight. He fought Dustin Poirier in an absolute wild, wild fight. Um, out of late, though, um, he, you know, he's really come on a little bit, uh, beating um, Claudio... Well, yes. Uh, in his last fight uh, via body kick, but Claudio Proelas had the, the, probably the worst game plan uh, I've ever seen in my life in that one. Uh, but before that, Arnold Allen obviously he got knocked out. Is the Makachev Kamora? Um, this one's a big one because uh, if he loses this one, it, it's kind of all right. Where am I really going now? Where I, I've tried featherweight, it didn't work. I've gone back up, I've won, and then if he loses this one, he's kind of stuck in the mud, really. So this is one's a big one, I do believe, for Jalen Turner. Uh, so, sorry for Dan Hooker. Uh, and I talked about the transfer though, Jalen Turner. He's very tricky. Um, we've seen him some some wild, wild fights in the past. Uh, one that really springs to mind was Vicente Luque. But obviously, as we talked about, uh, as I talked about, Vicente Luque is always in a wild fight. 
Um, but yeah, he, he, he went on a good one. Uh, beat Brock Weaver, Uso Medic, Jamie Malarkey, Brad Riddle, uh, and obviously lost to Matthias Gamrot uh, in his last fight. And that was a split decision. So that shows tales of of how well he done that in that fight. Matthias Gamrot is a fantastic fighter. Uh, and I think yeah, Gamrot actually stepped in at short notice for that fight and took the fight and obviously got, got the W. Uh, but Dan Hooker versus Jalen Turner, I believe one of the toughest ones to pick on the card. How are you going to ask her? Yeah, uh, I really think that uh, this is a this is a fascinating matchup because both guys usually enjoy that height and reach advantage over their opponents, but now they don't really have it all that much. Uh, sure, uh, Turner's got the two and three advantage. Usually, he he enjoys a lot more. I think this is not a smart fight for Dan. He's going to be taking this in his career. You you mentioned those wild fights with the likes of uh of Poirier and Felder, those really took a toll on him because after that you see the fight with Michael Chandler, he gets starched in round one with a with a really, uh with a really good punch and then uh, the Arnold Allen fight, sure he did make that cut down to uh, featherweight which was crazy in retrospect uh, but he he just got in the uh, the ref beat saw that Dan Hooker wasn't defending himself effectively. Uh, that that was in the best of looks. And uh, I really think that against Jalen Turner here, it probably would be wise to wrestle. Because Jalen Turner's last fight, he lost to Mattel's camera because he kept on getting taken down and uh, held down a little too for uh, Turner. But uh, the thing for me here is as I said, Dan Hooker's been in much more wars than Jalen Turner. He's five years older. Uh, I think Jalen Turner will rock Dan Hooker at some point. And as I said, uh, Dan Hooker, he will wrestle if he needs to, especially if he's hurt. So I think when he hurts uh, Dan Hooker, Dan Hooker will look for a takedown, and he's going to get that next snatched up Jalen Turner with those long limbs. He's excellent at uh, jumping on submissions. And I think he's going to do the same thing that he did to uh, to Hooker's training partner, Brad Riddell, and I get that key team. But I say it happens in round three after a barn burner of a fight. I think this is back and forth. Uh, Dan Hooker, definitely skill-wise, one of the best strikers in the division. That fight with Dustin Poirier was very competitive. This was a split decision, if I'm not mistaken. So, uh, sure, Dan Hooker can give Jalen Turner a ton of problems on the feet, but uh, as I said, Turner is the bigger man here. He does hit harder. Uh, he could easily be a welterweight. And as I said, uh, jujitsu advantage will come in handy. Absolutely agree. If you look here on uh, topology, uh, sixty uh, sorry, eighty-one percent are choosing Turner of uh, over Hooker. So it, it shows you, you know, what people think of Turner. He's dangerous, 100%. Six foot three, uh, lightweight, is ludicrous. Uh, and he, he, he's got a fantastic fight on his hands. Um, he can earn a good name to his resume. Uh, I'm looking forward to it. What, what One of our picks for fight tonight, well, actually, my pick for the fight tonight, I mentioned that. Um, it's ridiculous. This one's going to get 50,000 bonus. No um, sure whether it's a knockout tonight, whether it's a performance tonight, or whether it's fight tonight. One of them is, is going to come in, 100%. Oh, yeah. I'm going yep. with Dan Hooker. You're going with Jalen Turner. So we'll see how it all plays out. 
Um, told you so. Told fight, you so of week. fight of the week. There we go. It's back. <laughs> uh, we'll move on to Bo Nickel versus Valentine Woodburn. Um, Valentine stepping in very, very short notice. Stepping in this week. Uh, uh, stepping in from the injured Tracing uh, Tracion Gore. Um, obviously, it's a tough matchup, really, for Valentine Woodburn coming in to fight one of the best prospects in MMA regarded right now. Bo Nickel, 185 pounds. I mean, he's a champion in wrestling. He came over to MMA. He knocked people out. He's submitting people. I mean, this guy really does have it all. Um, but surely, surely everyone's picking Bo Nickel. Uh, I think if you look across the cage, at Valentin Woodburn, um, he's coming in undefeated. He hasn't lost. The only time, the only time he lost is in his amateur career, where he went four and two before moving to the pros. Um, and since then, uh, you know, he, he, I think he's got like five finishes out of seven. Um, so he's got that. He's quite a big, stocky lad. Um, throws his punches um, from his hips, uh, he, and he's do, he, he has got some power because if you've seen his last fight, it went viral. Because he put his opponent through the cage, breaking it and opening the, co- the, the cage door. It was incredible. Um, it got loads of hits. Uh, but at, at the end of the day, surely the pick is Bo Nickel. And, and I do believe it is Bo Nickel. Um, but then again, the, imagine the story of Valentin Woodburn coming in at short notice the week of and knocking out probably one of the greatest prospects we have in MMA. Wow. Yeah, no. Odds-wise, the biggest upset in UFC history, and I don't believe we'll be seeing it. Bo Nickel is the best prospect in the sport right now. Penn State, three-time All-American in freestyle wrestling. He's he's simply the man, and the UFC is a slow build with him. They were going to give him Treshawn Gore. He was going to submit Treshawn Gore in round one. Treshawn Gore injures his wrist, probably needs surgery. They bring in Val Woodburn, who uh, I don't think is all that good. He's starting to know, sure. Right hand, I'll give him that. But uh, cardio doesn't look all that great. Uh, he does have some wrestling in his back pocket, but it's nowhere near the level Bo Nickel. Uh, I think Bo Nickel will take this guy down at will and submit in round one. There's not much of a breakdown that needs to happen here. Bo Nickel... For the minimal uh, experience he has in mixed martial arts, he's got really good offensive submissions. If you've seen uh, the the clips of uh, the clips of him grappling with uh, high level guys like Golden Ryan, like he, he's not out of his element there. The guy knows how to choke people out. He proved it against uh, against uh, Jamie Pickett in his UFC debut. I think he gets that submission in round one. I'll say arm triangle. Yeah, completely agree. Um, I, I, that's got to be everyone's most confident pick. Um, and at the end of the day, I I, I was saying it earlier uh, in the week, I, I was saying Valentin Woodburn is coming at short notice, fighting um, Bo Nickel, and I was thinking to myself, he, he's really got a built, a sort of kind of really a built-in excuse. Um, people, people in the future will be like, oh, you lost against Bo Nickel. He'll be like, well, it was on short notice, and it was against Bo Nickel. And um, in 10 years, five years' time, we're going to realise how good Bo Nickel was, whether he's got a championship or not. So, 
to me, it, it's kind of a win-win for Valentin Woodburn. He's going to go in there, give it his all, obviously, and try and win. And if he does win, then one of the greatest, well, the greatest upset um, odd, odds-wise in UFC history, MMA history. And if he doesn't win, he's still in the UFC at the end of the day. That's the way I looked at it. Yeah, if you want to win 100 bucks on Bo Nickel, you have to lay down $2,500. It's, it's a horrible bet. But uh, it's probably free money. But yeah, your money has you. You decide. I don't think a pro schmo bets is giving out that long. <laughs> Absolutely agree. Um, if you put a hundred on Valentine Woodburn, how much would you get back for that? I think you you might get a thousand sixteen hundred. Wow. Uh, I mean a thousand six hundred. Yeah. Wow. I mean. <laughs> Surely there's no money going on Valentina. Well, odds-wise, obviously there's no going, no money in there. So, yeah, not a smart pair, guys. Do not do that. <laughs> um, next fight, the last fight of Hall of Famer, a legend, one of the you know most entertaining fighters of all time, Robbie Lawler, taking on Nico Price, who loves a fight, who loves a scrap himself. This is a great last fight for Robbie Lawler to have his retirement fight. Um, could be a risky one. Um, because we have seen him, you know, really slow down uh, as of late. I know it, it, it comes with age. It happens. Um, unfortunately, it happens to the best of everyone. Uh, obviously, got knocked out against Brian Barbarena in his last fight. Not a great look. Barbara Barbarena loves a wild fight too. Um, that was tough to watch. He was scheduled to take on Santiago Potsonibio. But now he's taking on Nico Price, what I think arguably is a dangerous, a dangerous fight. He's young. Um, I, I mean, he's explosive. Uh, well, he's younger than Robbie Lawler anyway. He's 33 years old. He's explosive. He hits hard. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I feel like this is a really bad match, matchup. But Nico Price, though, hasn't been on the best form of, of his career either. Luka to, uh, losing to Phil Rowe. Um, his last win came against Alex Oliveira. And he's in the regional scenes. Um, currently right now and still not having the best success. Uh, recently, he lost to Kiefer Crosby uh, over in, uh, I think it was Valentor FC over in Italy somewhere, I believe. So it shows you, shows you then before that, still not on the best run. Uh, lost to Michelle Piera, true against Donald Cerrone, uh, obviously lost against Vicente Luque. So arguably, probably a close matchup, but I just don't see how Robbie Lawler gets this one done, unfortunately. Although I'd love to see him get it done for his retirement fight. Yeah, Robbie Lawler is my favorite welterweight of all time. He took his rightful place in the Hall of Fame yesterday for the famed uh, Roy McDonald rematch at UFC 2, 189 yesterday. That was a really good speech from Robbie. Uh, but I really think his best days are obviously behind him. The guy takes really long layoffs. Uh, he hasn't fought in a year, and uh, last year at Inuit, International Fight Week. He fought Brian Barbarina in the fight of the night, and he got finished in round two. But that was a fight where he was enjoying a lot of success. He really had Brian Barbarina hurt there, but he just can't take punches like he used to. And Nico Price is not a guy you want to get hit by a lot. Nico Price has gotten knockouts from uh, unusual positions. He was able to knock out Randy Brown off of his back with hammer fist. He knocked out James Vick with that up kick, I think he'll be able to knock out Robbie Lawler in round two. Uh, Robbie Lawler has taken an immense amount of damage in his last couple fights. He absorbed 
Let me see. 147 from Brian Barberina, 150 from Nick Diaz, 179 from Colby Covington, 172 from Dos Ajos. He's getting pieced up in these fights. And uh, Nico Price doesn't care a lot about his own safety. And that's what cost him in his last fight with Phil Bro. He got knocked out in round three. But before that, he was piecing up Phil Bro. I think uh, I think he puts away uh, Robbie Lawler. I think he's going to go in with reckless abandon and uh, get the finish here. But there, in there is a scenario where we see Nico Price respect Robbie Lawler a little too much. He's been looking forward to this fight, so maybe he doesn't come in with that malice. And we see Robbie Lawler possibly winning this issue. But as I said, the durability. It's probably fading with Robbie, and uh, it's, it's sad to say, but uh, yeah, when a guy says it's his retirement fight, you never want to pick him. Those guys never win. Even if they're in a somewhat good form, they find a way to lose those fights because they're just not all in. So you got to pick Nico Price here. That's it. That, that's the key word. They're not all in. Um, and that's what we're going to see. Um, I, I just think maybe Robbie Lawler's not maybe looking past this fight, but looking of finishing his career, hanging up in the gloves, and that's it. Get, you know, be, be done with it, um, should we say. But yeah, I completely agree. Nico Price would be the pick for me as well. Uh, moving over, Jack Della Maddalena versus uh, Jose, versus, uh, Jose Harrell. Harrell, sorry. Harrell, that's what we're going with. Um, and what I mentioned earlier uh, with Valentina Woodburn, that, that wasn't him who broke the cage. I was completely wrong. It was Jose. I remember now. It was Jose in his LFA day, uh, not, not in his LFA um, fight in his last one, um, and, and he he went for a double leg against Mike Roberts, and he completely put this guy through the cage. Um, that that's what I was talking about. So ignore what I said about Valentina Woodburn. It was it was Jose versus Jose Harrell. So yeah, or Harrell, sure it's Jose Harrell. Uh, we're gonna call him. But yeah, he's called Muscle Hamster. One of the best nicknames nicknames that I've seen in UFC history. Uh, he's called Muscle Hamster Hero. That's incredible. Uh, anyway, I waffle too much. Let's talk about the fight. Uh, plain and simple, Jack Della Maddalena, knockout. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's kind of like the bone nickel breakdown. I think we're going to see a first round finish here by the big favorite, Jack Della Holds up. I think he has a championship ceiling. The boxing we've seen from him is off the chain. All he's done in the UFC is get these first-round knockouts. His best his best test was Randy Brown back in February in Perth, and he starched Randy Brown like he was a regional fighter, man. Randy Brown has a 10-plus UFC fights, and he put him away easily. I think this kid is the real deal. He was going to fight Sean Brady, and I thought he was going to beat Sean Brady. And uh, Sean Brady was... Uh, was all the rage uh, last year before losing to Muhammad. That's how highly I think of uh, Jack Della Maddalena. I think he gets his first round knockout without issue. Sure, he's finding a guy in Josiah Hill who trains with uh, I think uh, his his wrestling is not all that bad, but he's just he's just not going to be able to hang with the striking of Jack Della Maddalena, who's so good. Uh, even if you're not a training fighter, he'll find those openings and he'll crack you with a good one and uh, just break you down like he did to the likes of uh, Danny Roberts and Ramazan Amid. The guy's absolutely uh, on the path to a title fight, I think. 
So uh, Jack Delamadalena, first round knockout, easy pick there. Let's move on to the strawweight fight. I can't wait for this one. Yasmin Yadarikwi versus Denise Gone. Oh boy, these two women love to throw down. And they've got it finishes in the UFC. Get these TKOs. It's uh, pretty uncommon at this weight class. Um, and both women are capable of doing it. I think this is going to be an absolute scrap as long as it lasts. And I'm picking up Yasmin Yagui to win a unanimous decision here. Do you agree? Yes, absolutely. Uh, 10 and 0 uh, heading into this one. And if you look off the back of her, uh, her obviously her UFC tenure thus far, 2 and 0. Uh, and the last fight being uh, Estella Nunez, uh, ground and pound, looked phenomenal in her debut. She beat, uh, I've got, is it Lucy, Lucy, Lucindo? Yeah, Yasmin um, Lucindo, yeah. And obviously, now she's fighting Denise uh, Gomez, 7 and 2, Brazilian. Um, you know, she, she lost her debut to Luma Lukbumi, uh, beat Bruna Brazil in her last fight, uh, where she showed some good power with the right hook and obviously finishing uh, the fight. Uh, but this one, you talked about, uh, we talked, you talked about, and you put it, you nailed it ahead. Uh, Yasmin is uh, so good; she's extremely good. Uh, we've seen it in the past in her last two UFC fights, and I, I, I just think she's going to get this one done. Um, she, she looks like she's going to go to the top as well. She, she's got some really good attributes um, that I can see her, you know, taking to the top. Uh, I, I feel like a striking slick. Obviously, her grappling as well is very, very slick. Yeah, uh, Yasmin Yaragui has some of the better boxing in this strawweight division and she's just getting started she's very young i think uh i think this is one this is she reminds me of a young alexa grasso quite honestly so i i really like what she brings to the table and uh the speed she's got i think it's gonna be the key factor in her with this fight uh denise gums i think is not as crisp uh, as yasmin yarby and that's why we're seeing yasmin yarby as this big favorite the ufc has really got it behind her so much so, she was on the main card in her debut, and then uh, and then they put her in there with Estela Nunes. She starches her in round two, and now they got her on the yeah, and they're off hard in this venue, Team Arena. Absolutely, uh, as you can see here, the first six fights of the evening, uh, we go through them really quickly. Uh, 45 minutes. I don't like to keep everyone for too long. Um, let's go this over really quickly. Jimmy Crew versus Alonzo Menfield. A rematch uh, where they, I believe, it ended a no contest or a draw. Or draw. If, if I'm correct, a draw. Yeah. yeah. Uh, ended in a draw. Uh, Jimmy Crew, once touted as a, a, a prospect, uh, beating Modesto Bacalcus, uh, knocking him out, lost Anthony Small Hill. Uh, and obviously, Drew gets Alonzo Manfield, a fight that I thought he was going to win fairly comfortably. And he did get a draw. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm going to go out there and just say, uh, I think Jimmy Crew is going to go back to winning ways. Um, but it's going to be a tough one. He, he really needs to overcome uh, Alonzo Manfield, who has crazy, crazy power, as showcased. I'm going to be honest here. I kind of gave up on Jimmy Crute here. I, I, I used to think this guy had a championship ceiling, but I just, I just see this uh, a lot of recklessness in his fights. Uh, in that, in that Alonzo Menafield fight, he talked about being this new fighter, and the guy just, uh, he kind of let me down there. He got clipped constantly, 
and uh, pulling uh, became effective in round three, so much so that Alonzo Menafield grabbed the cage to stop a takedown and got a point taken away. If it wasn't 29-28 rounds one and two, I think not grab the cage and piece up and get his hand raised by unanimous decision. Jamie Cruz got a really good chin on him. The only guy to knock him out is the champ, Jamal Hill. So I think uh, I think he'll stay safe here. Be a little more cautious, but I think that uh, Alonzo Merrifield has the power advantage, the physicality advantage, and that's what's going to get him the win here. Absolutely agree. I actually messed up there on the on the screen. Sorry about it. Uh, but moving over to 130 catchweight bout, uh, Edgar Chiarez, um stepping in at short notice to take on a very, very tough fight. Uh, Tatsuro Tiara, uh, Tiara uh, obviously, he's looking phenomenal in his last few fights. Uh, 13-0, and um, uh, obviously 2-0 inside the UFC. 3-0, uh, sorry, inside the UFC. He beat Jesus Aguero, CJ Vieira, and Carlos Candeliero. Uh, pronounce that one, guys. Phenomenal. Anyway, <laughs> uh, he's 1-0 uh, inside uh, 2023 thus far. Obviously, a triangle armbar against Jesus Aguero in his last bout. He was meant to take on Cledson Rodriguez, but that one fell through. And Edgar Chiarez stepped in. 10-4, and heading into his UFC debut. Tiara, obviously, 13-0. and It would be the likely choice. Um, to pick the, the Japanese um, prospect. I mean, what we've seen from his career so far, his grappling is second and second to none. Two submission victories thus far inside his MMA uh, inside his UFC career. And that's the way I see it happening as well. I think Edgar Chiaras is going to not be able to sustain um, the grappling offense of the Japanese uh, fighter. I mean, Edgar Chiaras has been submitted twice. In, in, in his uh, in his career thus far already one by Triangle as well so that could happen again and one again uh, the other one was a guillotine choke I reckon uh, Tatsuro is just going to win this one and I think he's going to win it by submission and get his third submission victory inside the UFC yeah Tatsuro is another one of these big favorites that get the job done here uh, Edgar Chavez uh, is not really a high level fighter pieced up there. Impressive finishes on the regional circuit, uh, but I just think he's not on the level of Tatsuro, uh, who is a master at taking the back. He's got really good kickboxing, too, um, but he doesn't really show it off that much because the guy will get your back if you, if you want him to or not. Uh, he, get, he gets the back, and he doesn't care if he gets that red naked choke. He waits for you to make the mistake, and if you don't make the mistake, he'll just run. Uh, he's. And I think he gets. Yeah, absolutely. I lost you a little bit there, but yeah, I caught, I caught most of it. Uh, we'll move on to the next fight. Uh, and that is a light heavyweight fight between Vitor Petrino. Uh, the Brazilian and obviously Marcin Pacquiao. Um, Marcin Pacquiao, uh, a lot of fights thus far in his career. 
Um, obviously, beating William Knight in a fight to forget William Knight ultimately getting released after that fight. And uh, in the you know the regional leagues now, um, for for CSC the other night, uh, not the, the other month, and lost a majority decision uh, as well. So uh, William Knight not having the best of times, uh, but that win over him, uh, not 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 to question it, but you got to sort of think um, what, what other uh, legit wins has Martin Pracknell had had inside the UFC? Ik Valueva. If you remember him, uh, obviously he didn't have the best runs either. And Khalil Roundtree, that's not a bad win, but I, I wouldn't say it was great. Other than that, he's lost to Sam Alvey. Uh, he's lost to uh, Magomed Ankulayev, lost to Mike Rodriguez, lost to Felipe Linz. If you look, who is opposite? 8-0 Brazilian. Beat, uh, last time out, he won the decision win against Anto- uh, Anton uh, uh, Turkaji, um, uh, the Swedish fighter. Um, this, this one, I just see... Uh, the Brazilian walking away with it. Um, unfortunately for Martin Pracknell, I just don't think he's good enough um, to be able to comp- compete with a Brazilian. Um, if you look at the Brazilian, uh, he's finished most of his fights. Uh, actually, he's had two decisions. That was one inside the USC and one early on in his career. So I would even root out a knockout victory for Vitor. Yeah, Vitor, uh, I don't think he looked all that impressive in his debut against Turkey. Success with the grappling in um, Marchina Pracnia, who's very chinny. He's got knocked out three times in the first round to kick off his career. I can't believe they kept him after that. And then against the Felipe Linz, he got stunned multiple times in that fight. Uh, Petrino is a bulldozer, and uh, luckily for him, there's no there's no grappling to deal with here. I think he probably cracks Marchina Pracnia and puts him away. In round two, oh, in his basically a free win. The guy was not mentally there. Petrino is gonna go for the attack, and I don't think Pragnio, uh, Pragnio's durability is reliable at all. So, um, picking, you know, second round. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I completely agree. I mean, I'm looking forward to this fight. Uh, I think Vitor is going to get uh, get the job done. Cameron Simon uh, up next uh, in the Bantamweight division. Terrence Mitchell, you might recognize that guy. He was back in Tough, the Ultimate Fighter, back when the flyweights were on. Uh, might have been season 26 off the top of my head. Um, 24, sorry. Season 24. And in that season, he got knocked out by Kai Kai France. And since then, has gone on a four-fight winning streak, uh, finishing three of his fights. Um, the other fight, he got disqualification. I haven't really, wa- I haven't watched it, so I don't know why, he, why he, he won that via disqualification. But he's back inside the UFC. He's also taking this one on short notice uh, against Cameron Simon. Obviously, eight and zero thus far in, in his career. And I think he, I believe he's two and zero, or yeah, two and zero in his UFC career, beating Mano Martinez. And Stefan Kozlov. Um, I mean, I'm also going to pick Cameron Simon. Uh, ultimately, and straightforward to the point, Terence Mitchell is stepping in in short notice. I just don't think he's going to have enough time to prepare for this fight. Uh, but he's back in the UFC, so he's probably happy. Yeah, Terence Mitchell to me is a, not a UFC-level talent. Uh, when he was in the Ultimate Fighter house, 
he got put away in 30 seconds by Todd Carfans with a knockdown. So that shows you that durability really isn't there. And uh, after that, he goes on to bad competition on the regional circuit. Uh, he also took a long break from fighting. Cameron Tommy and I very young. I think uh, he's got the power in his hands to put away Terrence Mitchell pretty early here. As I said, Mitchell not super durable. Uh, Kevin Sam and Martinez was himself. Out uh, of Martinez, had it not been for all the fouls, he probably gets the finish there. Uh, so hopefully he keeps his. Uh, he uh, protects uh, from himself, you know, with those fouls and uh, eye pokes, groin strikes, and uh, just lands those hands on Terrence Mitchell and gets himself a second round TKO. Absolutely agree. Uh, we move on to Shadow Ross taking Jesus Aguilera. Uh, Jesus Aguilera had, had some uh, actual um, familiar opponents that are fighting on this card. Uh, he has fought back Tatsura in the day, Tyra. obviously, uh, Tatsura Tyre, yeah, as you talked about, and Edgar Chiarez, uh, who I mentioned, uh, who stepped in at short, who stepped in at short notice to fight uh, the Japanese, I think, if I'm correct. Uh, I, I mean, we just gone through it. Um, I should remember. Uh, but my head has gone a little bit fried. Yeah, yeah, Edgar Chiarez stepping in to fight Tiara. Uh, so, yeah, a few familiar opponents. Uh, it'd be good to catch up. Uh, but, yeah, uh, Hizis Aguero will be taking on uh, Shannon Ross. Shannon Ross made his debut, uh, I believe, in his last fight. Didn't go his way. At 125 pounds, the division is wide open. Um, but he actually got um, signed off or, 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 after losing his contender series fight uh, against Vinicius Salvador. And then uh, and I don't know whether he stepped in against Clinton and Rodriguez, but he lost that one too. He got knocked out both. This one is quite a tough one to pick. Which one are you going for, Oscar? I think uh, that UFC level, quite honestly. Uh, on the regional circuit, he was getting submitted, and then he comes in against Vinicius Salvador. Uh, and in that fight, he gets straight up pieced up, but it's such an entertaining fight. And the guy uh, came in with, with a major injury, so the UFC gives him a shot, and then he fights Clayson Rodriguez, and he can't last a minute in there. So uh, another case of a guy who's not super durable, Fighting guy in Jesus Aguilar, who's uh, got that Mexican durability. So if they're swinging in the pocket, we know Jesus probably comes out on top in that situation. And Jesus will jump on that guillotine. Uh, and I'm not sure if Shannon Ross is good enough to uh, stay out of trouble should Jesus jump on that guillotine. Uh, so I'll be... I'll be uh, picking Jesus to win this fight by decision. Uh, Aguitin is definitely on the table, but uh, who, who knows? But uh, I do think that if they're striking, Jesus lands the bigger shots, or uh, he will be able to take the be the better shot from Shannon, who um, who I just don't have confidence in to stay uh, to stay away from the big strikes from Jesus here. Jesus is. He's got a really small frame, but I'm telling you, the guy packs a punch. I think uh, I think he's going to be winning the decision. 
Yep, completely agree. Um, I'm really looking forward to the, uh, I think that the first fights are always some of the best fights. Uh, this one's going to be good. Uh, but the first one, Camilla Kirk versus Esteban uh, Rubovics. I mean, Esteban has showed some really good um, strike in his last few fights. Uh, it, it, I mean, if you look at last fight, uh, obviously, uh, I, I'm sorry, not his last fight, the one before that against Thomas Paul in the extended series, absolutely starched him, um, the Englishman. I mean, it was it was a fantastic knockout. And then in his debut, he took in like uh, Radhoibov. Radhoibov. <laughs> uh, Radzobov, sorry. Uh, like Radzobov. Uh, and obviously, he lost the decision. But uh, Camille Kirk as well on the other side, 11 and 5. Um, yeah, I feel like he's been around in the UFC for a, not for a very long time, but you know he's had a, he's quite a long stay. Uh, I, I feel like I've seen his face for quite a while. Uh, Billy Colosino, obviously, uh, he lost against Billy Colosino in 2019. Uh, since then, came back to the UFC against Mercon Americani, beat him, lost against Damon Jackson. And he's been inside the UFC since 2021, but only fought twice. The inactive the inactivity could ultimately kill him. Uh, maybe in this fight, he hasn't he hasn't fought since 2022, very early on. So he's been at the cage for over a year. Not good. He probably will stay active. Um, that could pay pay dividends. Yeah, Kamala Kirk. Uh, he's not had the best of, uh, runs in the UFC. He started off uh, trying to get in by fighting Billy Quarantillo, and he actually had a lot of success against Billy early, but he faded. And Billy was able to get the third round standing TKO. Then against Marco Americani, he doesn't do great in round one as usual. But uh, Marco Americani fades, and then he takes over later in that fight. He shows he's legit. Uh, he's got a black belt in Brazilian Jiu Jitsu. But against Damon Jackson, Damon Jackson is not known for being uh, some some monstrous striker. But he looked like it against uh, against Kamala Kirk. He was able to knock down Kamala Kirk and get an arm triangle submission in round two in that fight. And if Damon Jackson can put hands on you like that and hurt you, I think you're going to have a very rough night at the office with Esteban Ribovics. Esteban Ribovics took on killers in Lloyd Rodenbaugh. was doing very well in the PFL. Uh, he moves over to the UFC, and uh, in that fight, that was a very close fight. He is able to knock down Ribovics. Um, I mean, getting taken down. Because we, uh, it's both had a future. I really like his, uh, his boxing overall hands. And Kirk, uh, is able to hurt him on the feet. Billy Cornillo was able to put him away in round three. I think uh, Ribovics gets a first round knockout to kick off the card. I think this card is going to be full of finishes. I feel like the UFC matched, um, matched are looking to showcase a lot of their young talent. And I think it's going to be a success for them. Um, the only underdog I'm picking on this card, if I'm not mistaken, is Alonzo Menafield. I think the UFC matched it up pretty well for the favorites to win across the board. Absolutely. UFC 290, ladies and gentlemen, take a place tomorrow night. Uh, this is a good one. I'm looking forward to it. It's a fantastic pay-per-view. Uh, obviously, two title fights. It's always a good one when there's two title fights. Um, the only con 
to have in two title fights is if you are from England and the event is in America. You're up till six, half six a.m. Absolutely latest. Um, it's not good, but we don't complain because we get nights like these. Um, we get fantastic you get nice. fights. You get nice. Hello? It's like UFC London coming up. Absolutely. Uh, I mean, it's phenomenal. I'm looking forward to it. UFC 290 going down this weekend. Uh, I mean, who's not looking forward to this, this, this card? Two title fights is ridiculous. Obs, obs, obscene. Um, especially how competitive uh, the current main event will be and obviously how good stylistically the main event is. Um, Volkanovski regarded as one of the best in the world. Uh, pound for pound. Uh, coming off, obviously, is the Makashev loss um, where he handed himself fantastically. Um, you know, showed some really good heart. Showed how good he is in that fight. Even though he lost, but I feel like he came out a winner as such because he's the Makashev is the really that good, but I, I and also it was competitive. Another fight down the line between Volkanovski and Islam, it could paint a different story. Uh, Volkanovski is a fantastic learner, he learns stuff very quickly, and he will be dedicated more so than ever to get that on back versus Islam Makashev. And this could be the start of the road to get back at Islam Makashev. Uh, Brandon Moreno, Tegan Patoja, obviously, phenomenal fight. Robert Whittaker, Dan Hooker. Bo Nickel, uh, Robbie Lawler, the names go on and on and on. I'm looking forward to it. Oscar, what are your picks of the night, for fight of the night, performance of the night, knockout of the night? Yeah, my picks, uh, my pick for fight of the night is going to be Nico Price versus Robbie Lawler. Robbie Lawler is never an important fight. Same thing can be said for Nico Price. Those guys are going to throw down until one of them gets knocked out. I think Jerry bonus and I think Robert Whitaker walks away with a performance bonus as well and this is one of those cards that's so good I'm confident the UFC will give out more than four bonuses that's how many finishes I think is going to be on this card I think we're in for a very special night a night that's not going to feel like it's going to drag with a bunch of decisions is uh Yep, and a little bit of info as well. Uh, while we're on the podcast, while we were talking away about the matchup, uh, obviously the weigh-ins were going down as we were speaking live. Um, didn't, miss, uh, didn't make weight. He, he missed weight. He weighed in at 158 pounds. Two pounds wow. over the limit. I, I don't think that's a, that's a great uh, that's great news for the former featherweight. Dan Hooker, that's not that's not what you want to hear. So, could that play a factor? Obviously, ultimately, it was a hard weight cut um, for Jalen Turner. But when does he, when has he ever had an easy weight cut at lightweight? He's six foot three, uh, for goodness sake. It's crazy. But yeah, that could play a factor. Um, I've got a pick of Dan Hooker. You've got to pick Jalen Turner. Will that sway your pick? Does that play any factory in your pick? Will you be changing? Uh, I think uh, that's actually good for Jalen Turner. Uh, the guy's going to have two extra, um, didn't have to suffer through those two extra pounds. 
might able might be able to defend those takedowns better from Dan Hooker. We'll we'll see what happens. But uh, I'm still picking Jalen Turner. But I got another piece of news for you. Another piece oh. of breaking news. We have a replacement opponent for Marlon Chito Vera at UFC 292 in August. It is Pedro Munoz, the young Punisher. How about it? That's a really good fight, Pedro Munoz. He's durable, man. He can take a shot. Um, but so, Cheetah, the Cheetah Vera can deliver a fantastic shot. Fantastic fight uh, for Marlon Chito Vera to get uh, his momentum back, if you ask me. Absolutely agree. Well, Oscar, should we leave it here? The UFC 290 preview uh, should be over now. Um, one hour and ten minutes. We've talked about all the great fights that's happening this weekend. Make sure you catch it live on ESPN pay-per-view. International Fight Week has been absolutely great. The UFC Hall of Fame uh, ceremony went down last night. I am absolutely for, uh, stoked for Robbie Lawler, Donald Cerrone, um, Jens Pulver getting the shot. Anderson Silva. Anderson Silva. Jose Aldo. Um, was there to collect his jacket and Jose Aldo crying, emotional, just showing exactly what it means to be inducted into the Hall of Famer, uh, or Hall of Fame, sorry. Um, it's been a good week and we get fights at the end of the week to top it off. I'm looking forward to it. Oscar, thank you very much. An absolute pleasure and I'll catch you real soon. Catch us next week for the breakdown of home versus Buenos. <laughs>